In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Jesus said to her, Woman, behold your son. And then he says to the, said to the disciple, Behold your mother. Gary Goulagrange says, When Our Lady consents to become the mother of the Savior, the firstborn among many brethren, she becomes the mother of all men. And he says that her spiritual maternity is superior to any purely human motherhood. And the Second Vatican Council said, by giving birth to Jesus, the head of the church, she spiritually engenders each of us as members in the mystical body of Christ. Jesus is the source of all spiritual life, having cooperated by charity that faithful might be born into the, into the church who are members of the head. And so in union with his own suffering for the redemption of mankind, our Lord offers up to the Father the suffering of his mother as well. It's moving to see our Lord forgetful of his own sufferings and loneliness during the anguish of the passion. His offering is for the sake of all humanity, for both the virtuous and also those heartened by sin. He shows a great love for Our Lady, Mother Most Amiable, whom he does not want to leave on her own, but gives her to St. John to look after. And there next to Mary, while well, John personifies each one of us, he took her to his own home. And so Christ gave us his mother to be our own. He addresses each one of us directly, behold your mother. Treat her well for me. And seek her intercession in all your needs. Be sure to take advantage of this most precious legacy I'm leaving you. John Paul II and Madame Doris Missio says, Mary is united intimately to Jesus while he is consummating his redemptive mission. She thus cooperates in his sacrifice and in our salvation. <clears throat> Her spiritual motherhood is confirmed by Christ from the cross. Behold your son. And so this is like a second activity. Her maternal concerns, we're told in Lumen Gentium, extend to our overall well-being both body and soul. But our keenest interest has to do with restoring supernatural life to our souls. Our Lady is the most perfect work of God. She's the only one, the only person who was entirely and ardently subject to his will. She's the only human person whose humility never failed for one instant to be perfect. 
She's the only human person who never failed to love God with her whole heart and her whole soul and her whole mind and with her whole strength. She's the only human person who completely fulfills God's plan on earth and whose being and life perfectly corresponded to the idea that God wished to realize in her so that she could truly say of herself to Bernadette, I am the Immaculate Conception. For in her was God's conception realized immaculately. And so the angels themselves cannot adequately sing her praises. We can do no more than to say that in Mary, God found, God the Father found a worthy daughter. In her, God the Son found a worthy mother. And in her, God the Holy Spirit found a worthy spouse. If there is any human being who can truly be called another Christ, it is Mary, the mother of Christ. We would even feel justified, said Pope Benedict, in saying that of her more than all the others, it could be said that in her there was one Christ loving himself. And Mary was full of grace from the very first moment of her conception. She becomes the mother of all graces for each and every one of us. She becomes a grace cooperator in the mission of the Holy Spirit. Bestows supernatural life in each one of us and gives us the grace to persevere in it. And so one writer says, Mary is not a mother to all men in the same way. She's an excellent mother to those already in heaven and who are already confirmed in grace. She's also mother to every Christian who is in the state of grace since they are supernaturally alive. And finally, he says, Mary is mother to all those who have strayed from the path of God through committing mortal sin. She continually showers down the fruit of her charity in all her children so that they can draw towards the more intimate friendship with their son. In this way, Mary is our greatest help in the apostolate. She's even mother to those who are not baptized since they're intended, they're intended for salvation. God desires all men to be saved, come to the knowledge of the truth. Pope Benedict says that outstanding among the saints is Mary, mother of the Lord and mirror of all holiness. In the Gospel of Luke, we find her engaged <clears throat> in a service of charity to her cousin Elizabeth, with whom she remained for about three months, so as to assist her in the final phase of her pregnancy. On that occasion, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And in these words, she expresses her whole program of life. Not setting herself at the center, but leaving space for God, who is encountered both in prayer and in the service of neighbor. Only then does goodness enter the world. Mary's greatness consists in the fact that she wants to magnify God, not herself. She's lowly. Her only desire is to be the handmaid of the Lord. 
She knows that she will only contribute to the salvation of the world. If rather than carrying out her own projects, she places herself completely at the disposition of God's initiatives. Mary is a woman of hope <clears throat> because she believes in God's promises and awaits the salvation of Israel. Mary is a woman of faith. Blessed are you who believed, Elizabeth said to her. And the Magnificat, a portrait, so to speak, of her soul, is entirely woven from the threads of Holy Scripture, threads drawn from the Word of God. We see how completely at home Mary is with the Word of God. With ease, she moves in and out of it. She speaks and thinks with the Word of God. The Word of God becomes her Word, and her Word issues from the Word of God. We see how her thoughts are attuned to the thoughts of God, or her will is one with the will of God. And so, since Mary is completely imbued with the Word of God, she's able to become the mother of the Word incarnate. And Mary is a woman who loves. How could it be otherwise? As a believer who in faith thinks with God's thoughts and wills with God's will, she cannot fail to be a woman who loves. We sense this in her quiet gestures, as recounted in the infancy narratives in the gospel. <clears throat> we see it in the delicacy with which she recognizes the needs of the spouses of Cana and makes it known. When the disciples flee, Mary will remain at the cross. In the saints, one thing becomes clear, those who draw near to God do not withdraw from men, but rather become truly close to them. And in no one do we see this more clearly than in Mary. The words addressed by the crucified Lord to his disciple, to John, and through him to all the disciples of Jesus, behold your mother, are fulfilled anew in every generation. Mary has truly become the mother of all redeemers. And she's a most excellent mother. <clears throat> she always has a smile and a friendly gesture to greet us. Her look inspires us with confidence. And she's ever disposed to understand the vacillations of our heart. We can abandon all matters of pressing concern to her intercession. <clears throat> St. Bernard said, Our Lady is supremely amiable and loved by all. She's all things to all people, for the wise and for the ignorant alike. She prepares the way through her most plentiful charity. Her mercy is open to us all. Everyone can receive her for fullness. Those held captive by sin are freed. The sick gain healing, the afflicted receive consolation, and all sinners obtain pardon. And so whenever we meet difficulties in our work or apostles, or run up against temptations of one sort or another, or lack material means, we should approach Our Lady for help with confidence and say to her, in the quiet of our heart, show yourself to be a mother. We'll always come out rewarded 
and we have recourse to her intercession. We approach Mary, the health of the sick, in moments of weakness, with the guarantee of being heard. Our Lord wants each one of us to learn to love Our Lady more, to show her the details of attentive care that he would have regaled her with. We can strive to pray many short and spontaneous prayers and frequently glance at images of Our Lady to seek her help. We can say so much with a look. And so a loving thought of this kind can instantly heighten our attention, bringing us to be more keenly aware of the presence of God. <clears throat> Lord, you see, Al-Fatima used to say that we are reminded of God by simply taking hold of the beads. Until we can make reparation for widespread negligence. We can seek out our help in the midst of our daily work by paying the Angelus in true piety. St. Alphonsus Liguri says, among all the kinds of homage we can render Mary, the most pleasing to the sacred heart of our mother is to implore with great frequency her maternal protection. We can ask her to aid us in all our specific necessities. That's when we give or receive advice, are in trouble or are experiencing trial or tribulation. Our good mother will certainly free us from all danger. If we pray to her the antiphon, we fly to your patronage, O Holy Mother of God, of the Hail Mary. We need only evoke her name. The demons, the devils tremble at its utterance. And like all mothers, all Mary finds special joy in coming to the need of those who are uh, coming to the help of those who are most in need. One writer says we are aware that as we press on as wayfarers in the world, <clears throat> her merciful eyes and arms shall await us in heaven one day. A call to enjoy indissoluble union with the fruit of our womb, Jesus. He won eternal glory for his mother and for all of us who approach her for assistance. And so we can contemplate all the little details of the lives of Mary. We see all the virtues that we see in the saints. We see it even more clearly in her. Mary has truly become the mother of all believers. Men and women of every time and place have recourse to her motherly kindness and a virgin of purity and grace in all their needs and aspirations, their joys and sorrows, their moments of loneliness and their common endeavours. They constantly experience the gift of her goodness and the unfailing love which she poured out from the depths of her heart. The testimonials of gratitude offered to her from every continent and culture are a recognition of that pure love which is not self-seeking but simply benevolent. At the same time, the devotion of the faithful shows an infallible tuition of how such love is possible. It comes as a result of the most intimate union with God in which the soul is totally pervaded by him. A condition which enables those who have drunk from the fountains of God's love 
You become in their turn a fountain from which flow rivers of living water. And so Our Lady has so much to teach us. She's waiting for us to go closer to her in all sorts of ways. She's the mother of hope who lifts us up. She experienced hope in many ways on the journey of her vocation. And so she's the mother of hope that invites us to look to her. She appears in the Gospels as a silent woman who often doesn't fully understand what's happening around her, but who contemplates each word and each event in her heart. She's not a woman who's depressed by the uncertainties of life, especially when nothing seems to be going the right way. Nor is she a woman who protests violently, who curses life's fate, which often shows in a hostile face. Instead, she's a woman who listens. There's always a great connection between hope and listening. <clears throat> now Mary is a woman who listens. And so her life is conveyed to each one of us with its happy days, but also with its tragedies we might prefer not to have known about. All until that supreme night in Mary's life when her son is nailed to the wood of the cross. Our Lady is the icon and model of mercy and of tenderness. St. John Mary Vianney says that the Blessed Virgin is better than the best of mothers. She's the mother of mercy, Mater Misericordiae. And her entire life, said Pope Francis, was patterned after the presence of mercy made flesh. St. John the Evangelist speaks of Mary twice in his Gospel, Achera, Achena, and Calvary. And in both cases, the Evangelist presents Mary as the mother of Jesus. In a deep sense, the expression, Mother of God, tells us everything about Our Lady. Her motherhood is the source of all her privileges and graces. She was conceived without original sin. She was taken up to heaven in body and soul. She's the Virgin Mary and the Mother of God. Throughout the first centuries of Christianity, she was called the Mother of God and dogmatically declared that at the Council of Ephesus in 431. The Second Vatican Council says that Mary is the Mother of God and the Mother of the Redeemer. And therefore, she surpasses all other creatures in heaven and on earth. <clears throat> she is the highest after Christ and yet very close to us. And she is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of Jesus, the son of God. She conceived and brought forth the nourished Christ, presented him to the father in the temple, and was united with him in suffering as he died on the cross. Mary is the mother of Jesus, the son of God, not only of the body of Jesus, but of him who took flesh in her, and who existed before her. She's the mother of the Son of God, 
He's our mother. Jesus from the cross looked at Mary and John and pronounced the third word from the cross. Woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. Jesus then and there gives to John and to each one of us who is dearest to him. His mother Mary. From now on, she's our mother too. She's our mother in a different dimension to our own mothers. Mother of the Spirit. Mother of those reborn in the grace of the Spirit. Mother of the Redeemer and of the redeemed. In the mystical body of Christ, the Church, Mary is our spiritual mother under Christ, who is our head. Because, as St. Augustine, she cooperated with our charity in the birth of the faithful of the Church that are members of the head. Mary's maternity is a maternity of grace. She is full of grace. But Damro says that the life of Mary is a rule of life for all. Mary is the model of the virtues. And in particular, of the virtue of faith. Blessed are you because you have believed. A model of prayer. She treasured everything that happened around Jesus in her heart and pondered upon it. Of obedience. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Of missionary zeal. She visited Elizabeth and proclaimed Jesus to her. Of solidarity with the poor. And our compassion for all the needy. That is her mercy. And so she's also called the mother of mercy, <clears throat> mother of divine mercy. She received God and, and mercy from God in an exceptional way. And in an equally exceptional way, merits God's mercy through her earthly life by sharing in our Lord's messianic mission and merciful love. She's the mother of mercy and the mother of the crucified and risen Lord. She shared like no one else in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. John Paul in Rich in Mercy says her sacrifice is a unique sharing in revealing God's mercy. No one has experienced to the same degree as the mother of the crucified one, the mystery of the cross, the overwhelming encounter of divine transcendent justice with love that kiss given by mercy to justice. Pope Francis says the mother of the crucified and risen one has entered the sanctuary of divine mercy because she participated intimately in the mystery of his love. As the disciple of disciples, Our Lady is the most merciful disciple of Christ. Fittingly, the merciful one has a merciful mother. As the closest to Jesus, Mary has, according to St. John Paul, the deepest knowledge of the mystery of God's mercy. As true followers of Christ, the merciful one, all the saints practiced merciful love after Mary, the mother of mercy. And like all the saints, the followers of Christ are asked to imitate Mary's mercy. She's an icon and model of mercy. 
In her Magnificat, <clears throat> Our Lady sings a great song of praise, gratitude and merciful love. A merciful love that extends from age to age. God's infinite merciful love extends to our age. A love which we are asked to respond with merciful love. Because she is the mother of Jesus, our saviour, redeemer, because she is our mother, we're asked to have a special devotion to her. Devotion that is above our devotion to the saints. Our Marian devotion includes imitating Mary's mercy. Special devotion to Mary means basically filial love to Mary as the mother of Jesus and our mother. Our filial devotion to Mary is ordered to our devotion to Christ. He's the end of all devotions, including the devotion to Mary. St. Bernard said, uh, 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 the reason for our love of Mary is the Lord Jesus. The measure of our love for her is to love her without measure. As mother of mercy, Mary prays for us. And we approach her to ask her to intercede for us. And so the Christian prays confidently, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. At Cana, Mary shows her role for us as a merciful intercessor. They have no wine. We often sing to her, Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. An Arian devotion of the people to Merciful Mary is expressed in various ways of naming Our Lady, in particular Our Lady of Perpetual Health, Help, or Sorrowful Mother, or Mother of the Poor. And above all, Mary, the Mother of Jesus, the Son of God, and the mother of the church and the mother of mercy. And so with St. Thomas Aquinas, we pray our most blessed and sweet Virgin Mary, mother of God, I entrust to your merciful heart my entire life. Obtain for me as well, a most sweet lady, true charity with which from the depths of my heart I may love your most holy son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And after him, love you above all things, and my neighbour, in God and for God. And so we know that Our Lady is the mother most amiable for all of these reasons. We could ask her during this novena to lead us along the pathways of the mercy that she wants to show to the whole of mankind. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat>